You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 247, brought to you by InStock Trades and iFanboy listeners like you. I peel off my face, I tore my room, read my own rights and I filled them with blue. I turned the commercial into a creep show, I peeped at the gods with their bodies all day glow. It's summertime, and it's the time Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 247. My name is Ron Richards, and as always, I'm here to my left with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. How you doing, Connor? Good. How are you, Ron? Good, good. Guess who's not here? Josh Flanagan. Guess who is here? Tom Caters. Tom Caters. Hello. Hello. How you doing? How are you? Welcome hey. back, Tom. Thanks. I, I, you have Josh in your basement? <laughs> uh, I can see Josh right now, and he looks like he's just about ready to fall asleep. <laughs> Little angel. Yeah. <laughs> he's tired. He's been struggling. <laughs> so we are from the website ifanboy.com, which is a website that's all about the wonderful world of comic books and comic book culture and all that fun stuff. And every week we read a whole big stack of comics, and one of us picks what we feel as if was the best comic or the comic that we most enjoyed that week and dubs it the pick of the week and we come back here to talk about it as well as a bunch of other issues as well as comic book related uh miscellanea so minutia. Uh, minutia that's what i was looking for crap <laughs> oh crap so uh before we get to show a quick warning we're gonna talk about what happens in the book so if you don't want your comic spoiled then uh press pause come back after it's done um after you're done reading you can listen to the rest of the show or if you don't mind it being spoiled then keep on listening and enjoy the mayhem uh connor you had the pick this mm. week and I gotta admit, you, you surprised me. Well, a quick, a quick uh, note before I get to the pick oh, of the yes, week. Oh yes, yes. And this isn't. Mm. And no, no, this is about. This is no way to denigrate the pick of the week. But one of my favorite books is Thor: Mighty Avengers, Mighty Avenger, and it didn't ship to Brooklyn this Ooh, week. So you didn't get I went, it. <laughs> I went to three or four stores, and no one had it. So not to denigrate the pick, which was a great book, but I was when I saw that on the list, I saw there was a small week. I thought maybe it would be the week for Thor, but um, uh, next didn't time. happen. Morning Glories number one was the pick of the week, and it was great. It probably wouldn't have been picked anyway. I'm just saying I didn't get to read Thor, so if I'm going to ask, I didn't get to read it. Um, Nick Spencer is the writer. Joe Isma. Isma is the uh, thank you is the is the artist, and Nick Spencer is someone that who's really sort of burst on the scene in the last year. He's written like four books from Image in in the last year year and a half, and um, he wrote a book called Forgetless that Ron and I both really liked a lot. And so when Morning Glories was announced, I didn't. I had my eye on it, but I didn't really look into it very much. Like a bunch of teaser images came out. And I liked the art, and I liked the cover, which is which is um, a really striking image of kids in a boarding school. And but beyond that, I didn't do any research. I didn't look into it. I didn't. We did a show with him, uh, a Don't Miss show. I didn't listen to that. I went in totally clean, not knowing a thing about Morning Glories, just about that it was about kids at a boarding school. So that was one of the things I really liked about it, which was. I was totally surprised. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't read the solicitations. You know, in, in this modern age of knowing everything that comes three, three months down the road, it was totally nice to not know anything going into a book, you know, not knowing who the Spider-Man character is. You know, not, you know pretty much know everything that's going to happen. This is, it was nice to have a surprise. But even without a surprise, I thought this was what he, Spencer did here was create a really engaging mystery. In this um, first issue, we have a bunch of kids who are in a boarding school, and the boarding school is much more sinister than it appears to be. In the very opening scene, you, you have a typical you know, classroom scene where the kids are passing notes, and the teacher gets mad, and, and, then, it go, and then suddenly there's an explosion, and the kids make a break for it, and then they try to escape the school, and they, they, they bust out, and you find they're not in a school at all, they're in a warehouse. And then we cut to the new kids who are coming in. And, and so now you're wondering, what's, what's, what the hell's going on here? What is up with the school? Why is it not really a school? Who are these kids? And who are these teachers? And why is there some kind of ghost creature who killed the kid who tried to leave? And, and it, it, it created a really nice mystery story. I mean, the, the great thing about a mystery is if it gives you just, in the beginning, it gives you just enough to wonder what's going to happen and not too much to have it, you know, spoiled. You don't want too much information in the beginning. You want to ask a lot of questions. You want, to, you want those questions to be interesting enough to want to know the answers. And... I thought Nick Spencer did a great job, A, introducing these new characters. He introduced, I think it's six new students coming in, and he did a good job of setting up the mystery. And then Joe Eastman's art was really solid. He did a really good job of, of dynamic action, the scenes in the beginning with the explosions and the running and the, fight, the ghosts and all that stuff. And he also did a good job with the students. I felt like I had a, a handle on the personalities through their appearance and then through, through, the, through the words, uh, Nick Spencer's words. It was just a really nice, well-rounded story that, I really was engaged by him. By the end of it, 
more than any other book I read this week, when I finished, I really wanted to get the next chapter. And that's, that's the sign of a really good single issue is that you want to get to the next part. You want to know what's going to happen next. And I really thought it was funny. It was smart. It was engaging. And, and the, the cliffhanger was a nice one. It was a nice you know, surprise and sort of disturbing moment in the series or the story. I really, I really liked it a lot. Did you guys read it? Of course. Tom? Did you like it? Oh, I did, yeah. yeah. I, li- I liked it a lot. I, I was really... Uh, something that people c- complain a lot about in comics, you often see people sort of um, not happy about like static shots, you know, where it's the same, close to the same panel used over and over again. And it was used really effectively in this issue because yep. it was used with a, a touch of humor and levity, which is where I think it usually works best. And it would work uh, the scene where they're, um, they're getting driven by the like, driver to the boarding school and you see each student in the back, you know, uh, getting knocked up by uh, sleeping gas, I assume, of some type. Or they're all like me and they just fall asleep in a car uh, immediately. <laughs> I, me too. But, every, every, I'm in a cab going to work today and I almost fell asleep. Oh, Ron. Uh, <laughs> and and it, it, using stuff like that, repetition um, to show the differences between all the characters, because you don't have costumes, you know, in a yeah. book like this. Uh, it can be a shorthand in your sort of standard superhero book is the big gaudy costumes make it easy to tell who's who. So it, it was really effective in really nailing home what, which characters, which and what they're like and how they're different. Yeah. Um, I, I thought uh, I was like, like I said, Connor, I was surprised that you picked it. Um, I thought it was really, really good. I haven't decided what my pick of the week is, but it's, this one's really close just because it's, you know, Oh, you know, for how many pages, like 40 some odd pages. Like it was packed. Like you got a ton of comic for your money. But um, but what made me think about this most, and and Connor, why I wasn't surprised that you picked it when I thought about it, is that if this was the elevator pitch for a TV show this fall, you'd be watching the show. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing I love. I love mystery stories, and 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 it's it should be no different in comics. You know, comics don't have to do one thing very well; they can do lots of things very well. And, and this is just another thing. Exactly. Um, it. I just. I like. You know, we read so many comics, and this is not to say the ones that we, we read all the time are not are bad, but it's always nice to read something new and interesting. Yeah, and always elevates it a little bit. And I, I and it's I like Nick Spencer a lot because his books all seem different. There's there's usually an element of crime or mystery to them, but that doesn't mean that that's the same. They're, this is different than Forgetless. This is different than mm-hmm. than Shuttertown. This is you know I didn't read Existence, but it seems from what you tell me about it, it seems different too. Yeah, totally. so I I like that he ha- he's versatile in that way. I think. Um, from what I've read, you know, it's all been really good, and I think he's probably somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, he's, already, I mean, he's, already, he's already getting DC jobs, and he, I think you know he might be one of the next big guys. Well, it's gonna you know. it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean, he's definitely following. I think he's definitely following the Hickman school of getting breaking into comics, which is you know you go to Image, do some really high concept, interesting things. And if you look at what he's done, I mean, like each of those book, none of those books were one genre. Like he's not doing. He hasn't done superhero books yet. So like it, it, so like with existence, it was like a little bit of science fiction and crime. With forgetless, it was a little bit of teen romance and teen, you know, not so much romance, but teen kind of youth culture and crime. Uh, Morning Glories is is that teen kind of youth culture and a mystery. Like he's yeah. combining those genres to come up with some really interesting ideas, um, and I think it's gonna be really interesting now that he's doing he's doing Thunder Agent for Thunder Agents for DC, as well as the um, what is he doing? He's doing the Jimmy Olsen the Jimmy Olsen backups, and he's been doing stuff at Marvel. I don't remember exactly what, or it hasn't been announced yet, and I'm not supposed to talk about it, but I forget. But um, one of those things, he's doing something at Marvel. So the thing is, is that like you know he's gonna move up to do the the mainstream books i'll be curious to see how he carries those genre bending ideas in the superhero world because that's a lot less free than this than the image comics world you know what i mean um so i think if if you i saw people talk about this before it came out saying i don't want to read a book about kids at a boarding school and that's really not the point it's just that's just the setting it's about it's a mystery it's about these kids who are think they're going to a school and they're actually going to some sort of strange prison type yeah. environment that well, we don't really know what it is yet and that's that's the story it's not it's not about the the uniforms and the and the money it's about yeah. the uh setting it's never about the money well, connor it's never about the money never i, I did like that i did like that it kind of avoided the problem that vertigo series like this avoid where um the first 12 issues would have been figuring out getting to the point at the end of this issue where yeah. they kind of string out the mystery part for too long and this we kind of got like right to something right away in one issue uh, you know, you're immediately suspicious about why they're at the school instead of slowly laying it out over time. And I thought it was more immediate and definitely more grabbing yeah. in that sense. Yeah. 
and there was lots of interesting twists of tone which worked really well. You know, you had really you know high action drama, and then you had then you slowed down really, and you got to sort of humorous stuff where you met the characters, and they had sort of the the teen romance set up, and then that went right into the to the or came right out of the disturbing moment where the girl calls home and their parents claim that that's not know who she is. Love that. that. I talked about it with Nick on the Don't Miss. I don't know if you've gone back and listened to it yet or not, Connor, but um, I, I, we talked about that specific page. I love that full page of her face on the phone and by sliding slivers of her face up to make different panels, but it's the same image, really got across the, the feeling of that scene. I thought mm-hmm. that was really, really, that was like art and co- like co- that's co- this is the best of comics. It's all coming together. Yeah. The art and the the, the dialogue coming because that's just a girl on the phone, you know. Yeah. Like yeah, so. But it was it was a it was a chilling and di- and sort of dynamic page, yeah. even though it was just a girl holding a phone. Yeah. And then the very end of the final scene is, is sort of horrific. So he really flies all over the map in terms of tone, but it all works together because the characters are interesting and the setting is interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, so. I really liked this a lot. I was really impressed by it. Cool. And I, d- I knew I'd probably like it, but I was really happy when I finished reading. And it. this is an ongoing. I mean, this is uh, the other ones he's done have been have been miniseries, and this one's an o- this one is going to be a long story, from what he said. So, uh, cool. Hopefully, it'll, it'll continue this streak. There was and there was lots of good stuff this week. Um, yeah, it was a really, really good week. I really enjoyed Ultimate Spider-Man 13, which is the um, part five of six of the Chameleon story. I know. I think the last time Tom was on, we talked about. Amazing Spider-Man book where Aunt May was possessed and how uncomfortable it made us feel. Right. <laughs> she yelled at Peter. Yep. Um, yeah. It's the same way when Chameleon shows up and wrecks everyone's life. I'm always just like, oh, stop it. This is fantastic. Stop, stop wrecking their lives. Yeah. Um, this is great. And then, you know, something something big happens in this issue. And I don't know if it's real because when, chame- when the chameleon's around, you never really know what's real and what's not. It, it looks um, to be real. I mean, it uh, looks to be real, but yeah. I just don't want to definitively say it's real until we know for sure. Right? Are we? You know are, we are we not spoiling it? Or no? I'm just saying. In this issue, the well, in the, up to now, we've had um, the chameleon coming in, wrecking Peter's life. He kidnapped J. Jonah Jameson. He kidnapped Peter Parker, and he's running around as Peter Parker, Spider-Man, robbing banks and ruining his reputation. No. <laughs> and uh, in this issue, the the, the chameleon, chameleon calls his partner, who is an attractive, also faceless lady chameleon, featured in the best panel of the week feature on iFanboy, and. Um, Decides that he thought Jonah was a valuable hostage, but now he realizes that Peter's the valuable hostage. So he just has this, his lady partner, which I don't know why I'm saying lady partner, lady <laughs> partner, because um, it's comics. It's like uh, if she was black, I'd say black partner. Anyway, um, shoot Jonah in the head. So yeah. apparently he's dead. To try to get to try to get Peter to play ball. So right. Um, so. Uh, again, my, I think the story with Ultimate Spider-Man, it breaks my heart, I, and I haven't, I've been so busy, I haven't had a chance to verify whether this is true or not, but I think it is. But uh, La Fuente. Is just killing it on this book. The two-page spread of uh, the webs, yeah, the webs, the chameleon as Spider-Man after he's robbed all the banks, and the webs coming out of him with the different shadows. Like he's just killing it with this. And even the scenes with just Peter and Jonah tied up talking, and where Jonah reveals that he knows Spider-Man's identity, and you know Peter's like, "Shut up, shut up, not here." You know, like it, it just he he's handling the Bendis's pacing so well. They're working so well together. And if what I heard that he's leaving the book is true, I'm gonna be really sad. Um, I think Sarah Pacelli's taking over. Um, yeah. who's, who's not bad she's really good too but um, uh, but I just like for me like the story is great I love the chameleon the uncomfortableness but I, I love 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 uh, La Fuente's art so mm-hmm. I agree uh, yeah uh, what um, I have nothing to say about Superman 702 sorry uh. <laughs> so, there's, so, there's so much there's so much to say I will be honest that I, that I flipped through it at the store and I saw that he he's in Detroit now right yep. yeah yeah and from what from what I saw he walked down the street and he just he's just saying he's just saying he's the crazy guy in the street who says hi to you he's like hi and um, oh you mean a nice guy <laughs> I, know, I know I know for you uh, for you you know Coastal elites. It's hard to imagine that. <laughs> but then, <laughs> then he, the street. he goes to a he goes to a playground and proceeds to school yeah. some kids in basketball. Well, he it's does let one fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I, I to me this was like um, there was a good comic in these twenty two pages, but it did not involve the basketball game. <laughs> it's just. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Connor, but I, I I find the way JMS writes Superman when he's talking to normal people, like, it's infuriating. It's like, creepy. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, it's like this weird, like, um, aggressive naivete towards, like, normal people. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like the, not so much in this issue. This issue was actually way better than the last yes, issue. Yes, it was way was, better, but it was still... When he was, was quoting Perot people, like, <laughs> come on. 
like get your anarchist mask and go hang out in the park with all the other teenagers. <laughs> but but in this issue, you know, it's the context thing. You know, when he's playing the basketball game, it doesn't feel genuine. It feels like Superman manipulating people. Yeah. yeah. And but when we get to the other part of the book where it's him finding those aliens that are hiding in Detroit, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is way this is better because this is more the context in which Superman makes sense and that Superman doing Superman things leading by example makes sense instead of like spending time playing this basketball game and like letting one of the kids win and it just yeah. it, it it just made more sense once we got past the basketball part yeah. to the aliens it, it, did, it did seem more relevant and then there was a little bit of action so that was also I don't need action it just you know it's yeah. just he literally is walking and which is which well, is fine. It, it's, it's still to me. I can't get over the fact that no one seems to care that Superman's walking the Earth. I, yeah. I, like Kane, I did see that uh, his feet did leave the ground in this issue, though. I yes. did see him. He, he's uh, he's not staying grounded. He was up in the air fighting when he, well, you know, yeah. the guy that was guarding the old car plant asked him to fly. You know, because he'd never seen anybody really fly, which I thought was nice. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. part of it. It was. It's JMS has like a weird overt sincerity to what he writes like it's too sincere <laughs> and it works when you write thor because thor speaks like a ridiculously sincere norse god yeah. but when you have to talk to normal people yeah it comes across creepy it's not like your <laughs> superman should be like your brother you know you shouldn't be like like a weird dad who's like scolding you or like handing out life lessons <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's just it's a, the tone is weird i did like the scene with the guy with the guy the caretaker and, yeah, I thought that was nice. Um, but other than that, it's just it's. How many issues it, is this running? I don't know. Because like for a year, it's for, for a year. year. Well, okay. So if he made it from Philly to Detroit, that's like an that's like a what a ten hour drive. Maybe I don't know. maybe twelve. So like yeah. so so is he going to be in like Wyoming next? I mean, I'm just trying to figure out his pace. I thought we. He's I thought, gonna get, I thought he's the gonna, next issue would have been like Pennsylvania. I mean, would have been like Pittsburgh. You know, he's like, going to get to Montana. It's going to be a whole issue of him walking. With <laughs> just going to hold you empty interstate. It's going to be fucking I seventy or whatever. Nebraska, just corn. Um, and I say this as somebody who's driven across country. I don't mean to denigrate those areas. Yeah. They're very lovely. Yeah, Montana. No, but you you leave. Uh-huh. No, I'm sorry. You leave. You get past Ohio, and there's some stretches of nothing. Like, which is great because you know. It's, um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's weird. I mean, this issue, he saves Detroit from economic blight, and it's just like... <laughs> Which we all know is fantasy. That's not going to happen. And, and I don't necessarily <laughs> mind it. You know, it's, it's happened in a lot of comics where things happen in them that would never happen, you know, like they, no. they save Africa, you know, from starvation. But in the, in the context of where I'm reading it now, where I turn the news and everyone is out of work, it seems kind of bizarre to have it in a comic where he saves a whole town, you know, right. city's He's instilling hope, economy. Though. Yeah. So the, the incongruity between the real life and the and the page is stronger, just simply because of what's happening in, in our our world. And that's not. It's not like the comic should always reflect the real world, but it's just the 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 difference was magnified. Yeah. You know, I, and I finished the comic and we like, well, he saved Detroit and DCU, so that's fine. <laughs> so so we got that going for us. <laughs> uh, I, I did like the art. Yeah. The, oh, Eddie Barros was great. I think it was even yeah. better this than the last issue. Um, yeah. I, I, if he can avoid. The, like the basketball stuff or like the quoting Thoreau stuff hmm. I, it won't be bad but those parts just leave you so uh, like I want to slap Superman and I don't think you should ever <laughs> want to feel like that apparently he's going to Oz next if you look at that last page with the weird the way the hills are rolling and the big sun <laughs> yeah. oh so not the prison he's, no he's going to like yeah. some sort of fantasy land where the, the, the it's called Wisconsin <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, it's, it's a playground for it's guns and fireworks. Jeez. Um, so the great if it goes to the, a Packer game, like in the next. <laughs> just the whole issue, just add a game. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, so surprisingly, I think a real ru- uh, a front runner for my pick of the week was surprisingly to me was Steve Rogers Super Soldier number two, um, mm-hmm. purely because of Eaglesham's art. Oh, that was great. I, I thought Eagle, Eaglesham's art was like, and and it was like, and it wasn't so much just the art, but it was the like the layouts. Like there's a couple of really cool, like I've never seen Eaglesham do this with layouts. Like where when Steve was talking to Sharon, and like the the panel was the speech bubble, 
you know, or when he was like, you know, surveilling and the panel was the two eyes of the binoculars. Like, I just thought, like, it was right. stuff I didn't expect from Eaglesham. He was, he was surveilling in an oddly ca- casual way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I noticed that in, 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 his, in his posture. Like on the beach. Like, <laughs> like in a picnic pose, which feels like it's not very defensive. Somebody jumped in from behind, yeah. would be able to spring up really quickly. I'm relaxing. But, but, um, but I, and I the thought. The good news was, in, in the end, the whole thing is, is, is there's this new, there's a new super soldier serum out there and. Yeah. And at the end, Steve gets it taken away from him, so yeah. he's all skinny again. And he, luckily, he didn't have the four foot neck this time, as opposed to last last right, month. Yeah, but um, I, I, very I, good. I love the way Eaglesham is is carrying with fantastic, like what he did Fantastic Four, carrying like the Kirby esque faces. Um, I don't know the whole thing. Just the whole thing just is great. I just this was beautiful. I found myself just looking at each page. You know, like the opening sequence where he jumped out of the building. Like that yeah. that was great. Like him coming out of the water, the fountain. Like it was just it was really cool. So. I have two thoughts. On the book one is there's a brief scene where we flash back to World War II. We see you know Cap in his rightful costume, and I just made me wish he was wearing it because he draws it really well. Eagles room. Yeah. And two, much like Marvel's project, this is book is just not being talked about. Another yeah. Baker book that's just going under the radar because it's, it's it's. But it's really quote, good. It's really quote, good. Quote, not, it is good. It's really, I, I, it's very actually, good. I read it when I saw it was one of the picks, yeah. and uh, yeah, it it, uh, it was a solid. It's right in Brubaker's wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, it's the. Captain America, covert operations, you know, a lot of internal monologue, yep. casual surveillance. The casual surveillance <laughs> is the best. Uh, God. Anyway. Well. Should have been that. Oh, well. Um, I decided after the last issue of Green Lantern Corps to drop that book. I enjoyed the, the first post-Tomasi issue, but not so much the second one. I decided just to let that one go. But I'm going to replace it with Green, Air, Green Lantern Emerald Warriors number one, which I really enjoyed. I knew you were going to like this. I, I liked it a lot as well. I, I heard it described in my shop as uh, as Vic Mackey as a Green Lantern. Well, it's it's funny. If you would have told me like 15 years ago that I would buy um, a Guy Gardner book, I'd be <laughs> like, I would have ah! punched you in the face. <laughs> I, I would have I would have challenged you to a fight right then and there <laughs> for me. But uh, the, what they've done with Guy Gardner has you know been sort of miraculous. You know, yep. a character who was basically comedy fodder, like in yeah. the 80s, and then they didn't know what to do with him. He was a commentary long. on the Reagan era. Yeah. yeah. Hero. He was a commentary on the Schwarzenegger, Stallone type of action hero. And from the 90s, they had him be like a thousand different things, and none of yeah. it made sense. And then they kind Aliens. of rehabbed, yeah, they rehabbed him to be, he's like the tough guy, cop type Green Lantern, you know, yep. and the whole intrigue part of what his, what he's planning to do uh, is very interesting. Now, my, my only criticism would be is I don't like it when books end with a last page that makes you think, should I know who this is? Yes. Yes. And I, that, I'm almost certain we don't know who that is, but it makes you feel like you should. Listen, if you, and, don't, if you don't know who it is, none of us know who it is. I think yeah. that's partially the era where we think we're supposed to know everything. Yeah, yeah I think... And I don't know how there's, you're supposed to avoid it. I mean, but it, yeah. I sat there for a while like... Ugh. It's, I, who is this? I don't know who this is. <laughs> I think there was a time where there would just be, oh, badass guy at the end. Now, yeah. now you're wondering if you missed something. Yeah. Um, and that's just the way it is. But I, the only thing I didn't like as much, I liked the, the, the Guy Gardner stuff a lot. It was, it was the Atrocitus stuff that I didn't, I didn't quite as in, wasn't as interested, simply because I think after, after the whole year of the, all the different core, I kind of just want to get back to the Green Lanterns. I like Atrocitus, though. I like the Red Lanterns. I, yeah. The, the, yeah. The name. Yeah. And it's I, the name. And, and just the, changed the name. And the little, the, yeah, just in, and the little. The, I mean, like the wall of skulls was creepy, and the banshee that he sent off to work with, uh, you know, like with the with the creepy, you know, uh, wings and the Catwoman uh, head, you know, ma- right. head thing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like the I like the fact that this is and and the fact that it ends with guy, you know, wiping a little blood from his mouth, and he's got the red lantern in the eyes. He's got the crazy red lantern eyes. You know, I like that they're going to teeter between the rage with, with inside guy and teaming him yeah. up with the red lantern. I think there's a lot of potential there. Sure, absolutely. I just yeah. it's just a little tiring, but yeah. what we should mention is Fernando Pissarin. Yep, great, He's great in this. Great, yeah. That fantastic two-page spread where guy destroys the ship with the baseball bat in, a, yeah. in space was just mind blowing. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, it was really nice looking. I love guy driving up on a motorcycle too. Yeah, that seems appropriate. So over across the street, over at Marvel in the in the latest um, disaster of Shadowland. <laughs> now oh, no. I've, I've crossed the line with Shadowland where I'm, I'm reading it just to see what how this goes. 
You know, it's like I mean? Superman. It's so to- yeah, totally, exactly. This issue, um, uh, unfortunately, was the was the victim of a really bad cover in my mind, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> uh, I forgot who did the cover. Oh, Cassidy did the cover. Wow, it's really bad. You anyway. know what's interesting is 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 if you, I mean we've been we've been reading old Cassidy stuff lately. Yeah. I mean, just compared to the new stuff, he used to be one of my favorite artists. Now yeah. it's just it just seems the same. He's every out time. of practice. Wow, I can't believe this is Cassidy. Anyway, um, so uh, Daredevil five hundred nine. It was co-written by Andy Diggle and Anthony Johnson, um, with art by uh, Robert, Roberto De La Torre. And basically, this is you know similar to what's going on. You know, like Shadowland is the event book, and the main things you need to know are happening there. And these are the side kind of events. Uh, this is the, not the events; these are the side story. Um, and this you know involves you know Lu, you know uh, Dakota and Foggy getting attacked by Daredevil's ninjas and getting saved by Luke and Danny. And it leads right into Luke and Danny getting some of the other heroes to go confront uh, Daredevil, which happened last issue in Shadowland. Um, but the thing is, is that this issue wasn't that bad. I mean, again, mm-hmm. like with Shadowland, it's like there's something awful and then something decent. The Delatore art was great. I thought it was really good. It was dark. It was, you know, like it was totally the right tone. Um, and there was a great, the Typhoid Mary comes back and she's wearing a kick-ass Dead Kennedys jacket. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she joins up with Daredevil, you know, and, and uh, Master Izo is teamed up with Elektra and there, and he sent, he sends Elektra back to New York to save Matt. And so Elektra's getting back involved. But, um, I don't know. Like I, I enjoyed this issue, so it's weird. So I'm just, you know, I'm keeping with the Shadowland just to see what happens. Is that, am I the only one reading it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I thought. No, hey, it's sorry. Right. Someone's got no. it. Someone's got I, it. Exactly. I dropped off Daredevil when Brubaker ended. Yeah. Just, I'm just, I'm just, fa- again, I'm just fascinated to see how it goes and just see what happens. And I uh, dropped off Daredevil when he went to France a couple years ago. Yeah, that was bad. That, <laughs> that, was, that was when I was like, ah, all right. That was, rough. that was rough. Although it was during, it was during Civil War, so he got out of town. That was smart. Yeah. But, yeah. But man, I can't believe this is Cassidy. It's really bad. <laughs> Go look at it. It's really bad. Right, he did the cover for superman too which i thought was weird with yeah. him with the flag which i was like whoa at an odd Jesus. angle yeah oh yeah back that was up. weird that was cassidy yep, yep. Weird. back off a little bit you know he's doing okay. he's doing the uh covers for shadowland daredevil uh daredevil and superman wow yeah. Well, anyway, the, the, the Shadowland cover was fine. This one, this one, look, go look at, go online and look at it. Look at Iron Fist and Luke Cage. They just, it looks weird. I'm gonna do it while you read the copy. Okay, sounds good. All right, so um, like we mentioned, our website ifanboy.com is our home, and we love everyone who comes there and participates on there, and we thank everybody who has supported us, and we remind you that there are multiple ways to help support ifanboy to keep us around, and urge those of you who haven't to, you know, to kind of help out, help us keep the lights on. Um, so go to ifanboy.com, click on those banners, you know, help, you know, buy products from our advertisers. Uh, everything goes towards helping the, the bigger picture of things. So those advertisers are paying us. So to expose you to their products, so check them out. Um, go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and uh, that's where you can buy all of your books, your graphic novels, your clothes, your unmentionables, all that sort of stuff. It's all at Amazon. Ooh. If you click on the Amazon logo, Ooh. it sends you to Amazon.com proper, and that's where – and you know we get a little cut of what you buy. So we really appreciate everyone who shops at ifanboy.com slash Amazon. Um, you're definitely going to want to get your Fear Agent shirt at ifanboy.com slash store. They're selling quickly, um, and so we want to make sure that everyone gets one before they go out of print. And stay tuned because we might have some other shirts coming down in the fall. So you want to get your Fury shirt before you miss out. Um, and finally, and the best way to help out iFanboy is to become a member. Um, just for $4 a month or $42 a year gets you a iFanboy membership as well as a prize pack, which includes some pins and some stickers and some other surprises. And we send you a comic from our collection. It's not always a good comic. It's not always a bad comic, but it's a comic. Um, so <laughs> it's a comic book. It's a comic book. And if you Some have people a, got mayhem. I know that much. <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and when you get your membership packets, we love the people who post pictures on Twitter and stuff like that. That's always awesome, so do that. But if you got a, if you got a little more money to spend, um, you, could, you can chip in $10 a month or $100 a year, and that gets you the prize pack and the comic, as well as a special iFanboy t-shirt. Uh, for those of you who've been waiting on your, your membership packets, we, were, we ran out of the iFanboy member t-shirts. We're getting more printed, but we've got some alternatives for you. We're going to be contacting you if we haven't already. I already did. They Great. Everybody, everybody cool. Email, so yeah. we thank everybody for their patience. Um, we're going to have more member shirts coming in this fall. And telling you, come in this September, we're going to be announcing some cool stuff around the iFanboy membership. So you definitely want to get on board um, and so you can partake in that. And iFanboy members are the ones who are eligible for giveaways. Later this show, we're going to be doing the Scott Pilgrim giveaway as well as announcing some of the – or as well as talking about some of the other p- giveaways that are going on in August. We have giveaways planned into October. All the way up until the New York Comic Con. So you're going to want to definitely partic- uh, become a member so you can participate in those giveaways. 
And is, are, is, is the Ron Richards uh, sandwich grill finally coming together? Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> so go to iFanboy.com slash store, and that's where you can sign up to be a member. Um, and we thank everybody who is a member. We love our members. So, Day tripper number nine of ten. So we're coming down to the end here. And this issue is a lot of – there's a lot of me- metaphysical happening here. And I thought, oh, no, is this where we're going to find out what's going on? But yeah. um, it was just a dream of an old dying man. <laughs> Or was Which it was a dream? Great. Was it yeah, a dream? That's, I, I mean, thought he, yeah. he, he sort of wakes up in the bed of his, yeah. of his ho- hospital and, and then he gets up and goes to the beach. Yeah. But uh, I, 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 don't not... need, I don't need it to make sense. That's what I'm, that's what I'm uh, saying about this. Yeah. I think that's, I'm going to use that synopsis to describe any book I haven't read. <laughs> it turned out to be a dream of an old time. <laughs> this is this is this book is beautiful though. It's really special. I can't wait till they wrap it up to see how they end it. And uh, I, just, mm. I love I love this book so. And it just came out. Didn't, didn't number eight just come out? It feels, it feels like it. Yeah. Anyway, it's great. Ultimate Avengers 3, number one. They're going to the miniseries format on Ultimate Avengers. Uh-huh. They've been having different minis. This, this, this one is drawn by Steve Dillon. Which was great. It's which also was weird. insane. Yeah. I'd like to get inside Mark Millar's head. For just a little while, it's, it's it, he is the perfect writer for like an Ultimates book, because uh, Ultimate Universe book, because he's he, it's just great. There's vampires and yep. um, people getting bit and uh, you know sexy vampires and Blade <laughs> jumping out a window and it's just it's all the best stuff in comics. And yes, it's kind of stupid. But you know, comics are kind of stupid. I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. You know, it's it's like a big, silly superhero romp. Yep. What what I love is that is that they went through all the stuff in Ultimatum and and killed off characters. And one of the things they killed Daredevil. So we'll just make a new Daredevil. We'll find, <laughs> yeah. we'll find our, a blind redheaded kid and we'll train him to be the new Daredevil. Exactly. Looks and acts just like Matt Murdock. <laughs> exactly. It's not like Matt Why Murdock not? had any kind of presence in the old Ultimate Universe. <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's weird. But I love Dylan, so it's fine. It was weird to see him drawing these characters. Yeah, it was weird. He doesn't draw a good Hulk. No, not so much. Well, Vampire Hulk. Vampire Hulk. So, oh, um, last page Captain America, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but I think Dylan, but I think Dylan did a good job on it, and he, he's killing it over on Punisher Max. So I mean, yeah, yeah I think we're in, in good Dylan. There was a, a couple of years where it was like when Dylan, when he was doing that Wolverine book, where it was like, ah, eh, not so good Dylan. But um, now it's been good Dylan. So All right. um, X Force Sex and Violence number two. Um, it's a three issue miniseries. Now I know I need to live by the Tom Cater's uh, dictum of don't question it. And I know that I should not worry about continuity and things making it's up. It's called sex and violence, Ron. But <laughs> in Jason Aaron's Wolverine book, Wolverine shacked up. He's got a girlfriend in San Francisco. Yeah. In, Wolver- in X-Force Sex and Violence, he's having sex with Domino. Listen, in the Ron. heat of battle, <laughs> hormones are raging. Haven't you seen any, any movie or TV show where there's a man and a woman fighting yeah. together? Afterwards, I have, but Wolverine wouldn't get it on. Wolverine wouldn't cheat on his girlfriend. That's all I'm saying. What? You are, that is ins- that's the craziest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> of course Wolverine would cheat. Uh, you're holding these, uh, the, the, these mutants to a level of fidelity, which I think is outrageous. <laughs> I just wanted to make sense continuity-wise. No mention of, I'm going to have to explain if this to the girlfriend. Of course he in would like a year. <laughs> you don't tell you want- Domino about the girl that you have a girlfriend. <laughs> you want Why don't you tell her you're like- trying to score? <laughs> You want a thought balloon above his head saying, I can't believe I'm cheating on my girlfriend with Tom now? Yes. Just one one stray thought balloon that that addresses it. If you send it to me, I'll draw that panel in for you. (laughs) (laughs) So it all makes sense. I just need it to make sense in my head. (laughs) You know, they haven't mentioned her in like... At least <laughs> since a year. Jason Aaron wrote. No, it's been like six months, maybe three months, four months or so. No, it was this I mean, spring. It was this spring. That's what it the was. The entire last arc, she it was she wasn't involved in, and then yeah. it was in spring when they introduced her. It was issue. you know what? That's yeah. that's like you're traveling when you haven't mentioned in six months. It's, <laughs> yeah. All bets are off. It's not in the same zip code. <laughs> it's not in the same book. Anything goes. <laughs> He's got a rep to maintain. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's all adrenaline and testosterone. Oh, God. Anyway, Apricot- please, Apricot- somebody change the subject. Uh, BPRD, Hell on Earth, New World, long title, <laughs> number one. Uh, the 
uh, I, I'm always on when the BPRD books come out. And I'm always like, let's talk about the BPRD books. And uh, <laughs> if you haven't been reading BPRD, the world got all messed up, like for reals. And in BPRD, it'll actually stick where everything's all messed up. Right. And now the BPRD works for the UN. Ooh. So there's sort of a new uh, status quo to it. And uh, some of the agents think that uh, Abe Sapien's the Antichrist. You know, because it was sort of revealed that he might he's be an illegal so, immigrant. Yeah, <laughs> that he's supremely evil. So Abe's sort of wandering around, and it's just it's a good uh, a good start to a new era of the BPRD because it was very much a very long cycle of stories that sort of came to an end, and now it kind of feels like we're going to get off into an, a whole new cycle of stories from a very interesting beginning and in a book where things that happen like stick around. So if you complain about that in your other comics, you should try BPRD. Isn't, wasn't there just a whole string of world war two stories? Um, those have been mixed in. Um, there was the 1947 series that they kind of do in between BPRD, uh, series, the current time period BPRD series. And then there's some one shots that were like flashbacks uh, to the war on frogs, right? Which is, yeah. um, but um, now it's the, it's permanently being retitled BPRD Hell on Earth. You know, just so you know, you know, this stuff is the new status quo, n- next level. You know, I I own the first trade. And I keep meaning to get the rest. And actually, about a month ago, my comic store guy almost talked me into buying the whole run, <laughs> um, which is like twelve trades. That's a lot. Uh, but because I really like the art a lot, and I really like the I really like the you know the, the world. I like Hellboy. I read I read those in trade, and and uh, I like the the trade I read. I just keep meaning to do it. And I, you know, it falls through the cracks. Now there's twelve of them. So now now it's daunting. Now it's now now it'll never happen. Well, <laughs> I literally almost bought a hundred dollars worth of trades. Jesus, wow, like, that would have been a good day at the store. That would. I really want to re- read them, but well, <laughs> well. Speaking of uh, speaking of wanting to read things and something through the cracks, um, I read the first hardcover of Lock and Key after hearing everybody rave about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think you guys included. Um, I know Niesman raved about it. It was too, my but, it was my copy, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And it was good. It was good. But that's the last thing I've read. Um, but Paul Montgomery, one of the other writers over at iFanboy, has been raving about this uh, Lock and Key uh, issue number one uh, that came out this week. I forget the miniseries title, the subtitle of it, or whatever it is. But um, uh, so I went to the store and I flipped through it, and it just really the it, I didn't read the story, so I'm not commenting on it in, in that regard. But the art just really impressed me because it the book ended, it starts and finishes with a Bill Watterson tribute, in mm-hmm. that in that the characters are drawn in that Calvin and Hobbes kind of style, which is really cool. But that's not what got me. What got me was that um, the the layout was the same page layout of a larger image on the background, and then. Um, three or four vertical panels stacked in a line down the middle of the page for every page of the book. It just looked, mm-hmm. it just looked so, and it was not so much innovative, but it just looked different than anything else I looked at. The art was really crisp, was really good. And just that, that changing of the, the paradigm, you know, like telling a story in that way, I th- just really impressed me. So, um, lock and key keys to the kingdom. That's the new miniseries. There you go. Um, there you go. That's not a plan. Gabriel Rodriguez. He's really good. I read this really in good. trade. I, I got uh, the first two, the third one's on its way. Um, yeah. it's a really, really, really good book. Really good. So yeah, I like lock and key. Cool. So those are the books that we enjoyed this week, but, um, a whole slew of other comics came out this week and you read and reviewed a bunch and you wrote reviews over on iFanboy.com. We want to highlight a couple. Our first one comes from O'Caroline who reviewed Shadowland blood on the street. Number one. And uh, O'Caroline gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. So O'Caroline wrote, I note that the Shadowland event is edited by Bill Roseman, who helped oversee the resurgence of the Cosmic Marvel books. What Shadowland and its tie-in seem to be aiming for is something similar to what Annihilation, Guardians of the Galaxy, and its ilk have accomplished for Cosmic characters. The story takes characters that many of us have never heard of, and most of us thought of in a long time. It reintroduces them and shows how they fit into the fictional universe, thus giving the world dimensions, giving the world new dimensions and opening it up for different kinds of stories. It makes me wonder what's going to happen in the characters next, especially Misty and Silver Sable. The stories aren't going to be for everybody, but, I think they might, but if you think they might be for you, it's worth checking out. So... You didn't get that one. You're not. You're not fully in the shadow. I'm, I'm not full. I'm not. You see, I, I years ago I adopted a unless unless I'm really really invested in it, a no mini a no one offs kind of thing. Like after Civil this is, War, this isn't a one off. This is a mini series. Well, yeah, no, but it's a mini series one off within the story, and I'm like, I just can't do I that. See. Yeah, so I'll do. I'll read. I'll read the main book and the crossovers of the books I currently read, and that's it. 
Um, of course, I've gone back, like, with Second Coming, like, I went back and I bought the issues for Hellbound and bought them after the fact because I heard they were good, and they weren't, but whatever. So, <laughs> Well, speaking of X-Men, uh, Rin, R-Y-N, reviewed X-Men number two, give a story, a two out of five, and the art a three out of five, and this is his entire review. Second issue into a new run, you can't really expect anything major, but this, this issue felt really lacking. Even the big reveals just didn't really add up to anything for me. The art was good, but nothing special, and the story just felt so disconnected. But I guess they had to do something like this to catch the readers up on what's been happening. We as the readers know that Dracula's dead, assuming you notice the title of the death of Dracula one-shot. You don't really have to read it to know that. But the X-Men don't know what's going on, so for those who read the death of Dracula, this issue will mostly feel like Blade explaining to you the comic, so not entirely interesting to me, if you ask me. I enjoyed this. I like this. I, I was just going to say, I, I enjoyed it a lot, too. Yeah, yeah I did. Um, I read Death of Dracula too. I, it didn't seem like a retread. Well, uh, and and here's the thing. I, I'm I'm very impressed that Victor Gishler is writing the X Men really well. You know, because he's got a he's a established writer, and I wasn't quite sure how he'd do it, but he's got the character's tone and manner and the voice down. My only problem is. I love the scene at Wolverine and Colossus and stuff like that, but again, it's this continuity problem where <laughs> Second Coming ended with with Storm being all pissy at Wolverine for killing people with X Force, and now they're it's like as if that never happened. You know, like we've moved on to a new event. Ron. No, no, but in the in the la- in the last issue of Second Coming, she's like, "Well, then we're done talking," and then. But they, they, that was Second Coming. Now we're on to something new. Uh, it's continuity, and it's important. There, there is no, there is no continuity. Where are the editors? <laughs> so I don't know, but I did. I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it a lot. So yeah, I really like this. I, I didn't. I mean, the thing is with 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 story information. Sometimes it's not. There's, it's not about surprising you, the readers. So it's surprising the characters and finding out how they how they react to the news. And that's every reveal isn't meant to get you. Sometimes it's meant to get the characters. And that's yep. just another way of telling a story. Um, yep. But it was good. I enjoyed. It. I, I was the only excellent book I'm reading. And I like it. Cool. If you like it, wait for the trade in stock trades. They got up to thirty-seven percent off all their all their stock, which includes over nine thousand paperbacks that are in stock available for order now. They get free shipping and orders over fifty dollars, and new releases listed every Wednesday. With orders usually shipping within forty-eight hours from www.instocktrades.com. And now we can actually get some emails out of the way. We're we're, is, we're doing emails and voicemails. We're we've been behind, so we're catching up. This but. is a packed show. So Adam L writes and says, "I'm heading to Comic Con Chicago and putting my list of things together to pick up." I'm really interested in Alex Ross engineered Earth X universe X and Paradise X. What are your thoughts on these books? Are they worth getting? Should I waste, not waste my money? Oh, that's tough. Uh, don't Earth X. Earth X was one. was his fo- was his follow up to Marvel. I mean, not, not directly, but it was his second project, wasn't it? It was his second. No, thing yeah, I think it was his second. Bit. What happened was that he did Marvels in like '93, '94. Then he went to DC and did Kingdom Come in like '96, '97, and then he came back to Marvel. And I remember it was like '99, 2000, because I was yes. in Connecticut. I remember that, and that was his like Kingdom Come for Marvel. Yeah, it was, it was Return to Marvel, and. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't draw it. It was John Paul Leone. It looked really good. No, wasn't it, it Braithwaite? Was, I thought it was Rory Braithwaite. I don't think so. I think it was Leone. Was John Paul Leone. Was it? Yeah. I, th- I thought it was Braithwaite. Leone did the first one. And then he didn't right. do any of the other ones. And it wasn't um, even. And, it, and and no no. Bill Kruger wrote it. Yeah. And, and and no offense to Bill Kruger, but he's not Mark Wade. It. I didn't. EarthX looked really nice. That's about the best I can say for it. I like. Yeah. I like Leon a lot. He's very shadow heavy and very moody. And it was about the future of the Marvel universe where Peter Parker was fat. Braithwaite did justice. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. And don't buy all three. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> uh, get one if you're interested. Get EarthX. Yeah. 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 That's because the first one. If I remember correctly, Paradise X wasn't so good. I didn't even read Universe X or Paradise X. Just yeah. EarthX. The thing. Yeah. The thing was that like the thing that got me was Kingdom Come. And I'm not, a, I wasn't a DC fan at all. Connor, you can attest at the time period. Like, I wasn't, I mean, like, I was, it was the beginning of my DC time. And right. Kingdom Come captured my imagination and made me want to know more about the characters. And Earth X and the character interpretations of the Marvel characters in the future uh, basically tur- turned me off as quickly as you can turn me off. Like, it, it sickened me. Wasn't it like arguing Wolverine, fat Wolverine and Gene, fat Wolverine and, in a in a wife beater married to Jean Grey, and you got fat like everyone was fat. Fat Peter Parker as a cop, fat Captain America in a toga. It was like future of the Marvel universe is obesity. Exactly. Well, it's, it parallels the real world. In that yeah. Sense. <laughs> Tom, fat, fat Silver Surfer. Yeah. Everyone got fat. Uh, all right, we got an email from Mitch. Last night I was showing a friend an issue of Jonah Hex I thought he might enjoy. He asked me a couple of questions that made me think he was interested in reading comics. So I asked what he was looking for. He said he only wanted stories that he could get in issues number one or number 100. Uh-oh. Sensing where this was going, I asked why. 
he started telling me how it was rare for a lot of comics to reach issue number 100, how ones were worth more, and other comic BS that I have no idea where he got it from. It was clear he wasn't interested in the story. It's just the idea that one day they would be worth something. I told him that was a shitty reason to start a hobby like this, but he blew it off. So my question to you is, what method should I use to kill him? I was thinking of shoving a bunch of new mutants forever, number one, down his throat, but I'm open to new ideas. Not to, um, a bunch of different X-Force number ones. You could get the whole, you know, the whole set. That took a weird turn at the end. Now he's going to kill him. He's going to kill him, I think. <laughs> Sounds like now, are we accomplices now? Or? Uh, I, uh, you know, it, well, listen. No, let him buy like 200 number one issues, and then in 10 years when he gets 10 cents apiece for them, yeah. you can have the satisfaction of laughing at him. Well, That's maybe, the greatest it, revenge of all. It helps yeah. the comic store, and then you get to laugh exactly. at your friend. Yeah, and and maybe in the process of getting the issue 100, he might read them and actually like them and then become a good comic reader. You know? Yeah. yeah. Kurt, encourage him to speculate. Yeah. <laughs> we need it. Lord knows we need it. God, yeah, tell, please. Tell, tell him to buy 100 copies of X-Men number one, which yeah. just came out. It's $4 a piece. You know, he'll spend 400 bucks on a comic that'll be worth 50 cents. In, in the, or or tell him to go buy 100 copies of Morning Glories number one. And- Yes, even better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him it's image, and image was, you know, yeah, all about huge. speculation. So. Yeah, totally. Oh, God. Well, Your best revenge is laughing on the inside. I like the I only buy issue number ones and 100s. I thought it was going to be like an OCD thing. <laughs> that, yeah. uh, that's, a, that's a huge difference right in there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to wait. i got to wait like eight years until I can get the next issue of this book. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Anyway. What happened? <laughs> I Peter, Mary, Jane were married. <laughs> uh, I certainly think Spider-Man learned his lesson in uh, this issue. Oh, 100. Oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> oh, God. I thought Magneto got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the X-Men? <laughs> what? Wolverine's fat? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our last email comes from Carter, who's also Carter Morale on the, on the site on iFanboy.com, and he says, I went to my local comic book store today and saw a display of the new Avengers and the Mighty Avengers first trade on sale. I picked it up, flipped through the pages, and didn't really know which one to pick up. I noticed both were by Bendis, so I figured either either would be a good buy, but wanted to get other people's opinion first. So the question is, what is the best Avenger series, and do you suggest any other superhero team si- series to pick up? I would go with New Avengers without it. I thought that was the superior yes. Avengers book. I'm going to offer a counter-argument. Ooh, yes, counter. Uh, uh, I, I I think both the both traits are really good. I always liked Mighty Avengers better. Um, really? I, yeah, I think I think Bendis has a fantastic ear for dialogue and yes. does a really good job of writing dialogue. Unfortunately, I think most superhero stories don't traditionally pace in a manner that allows that type of dialogue to happen. So you kind of have to um, shoehorn it in to a story. Um, you know, either by having a lot of things explained by people talking or have uh, moments that seem sort of separated from what's going on in order to fit that dialogue in. And I think Mighty Avengers was uh, a really great um, mix between the action and his style of writing. Because he used, if you remember, he used thought balloons. That was a big deal. Which, it was a big blue yes. people away. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, thought he did, I thought he did a great job with it. And I thought that was... I was like, oh, this is, uh, I'm not the biggest Bendis Avengers fan um, in that I've never been able to stick with his new Avengers stuff. But I actually stuck with the new Avengers stuff, uh, the Mighty Avengers stuff for a while because I, I liked what he was doing in that book a little bit better. So I would say um, the first new Avengers trade is really good. So I, I don't think you'll go wrong getting either one, but as a differing opinion at looking how Bendis writes. Yeah. I, you know, if you go with Mighty Avengers, you're going to get some good art. I mean, that's for sure. Not, sure. Yes. You know, and, and, and not to say that the art in New Avengers isn't bad, but, you know, I mean, but like that's, that was a big thing. Like it sucked waiting Frank on those Cho, issues. Yeah. But Frank Cho as in a trade, that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I think you can't go wrong with either, to be honest. You know, They're both really yeah. good. Yeah. The first trades are both really good. Yeah. So cool. So if you have any questions, uh, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Send in the email. It's fantastic. It loves to. We drown in it. So, um, Okay, on to the voicemail. Long-awaited voicemail. Um, our first question, I wasn't really expecting. Hey, I, fanboy. This is Adam from Des Moines. And I was just wondering who you would put on your Mount Rushmore of your favorite comic series. So, Ron, who's your top four Mount Rushmore X-Men? 
Connor, who's the four on the Batman universe, and Josh, who would you put in, say, a Vertigo Mount Rushmore? Thanks for taking my time. Have a nice night. Does he mean characters or does he mean creators? I thought characters. See, I thought creators. Ooh. But, mm, let's let's okay. do both. Let's do both. Okay. So there's, there's four on Mount Rushmore, right? Yes. Four, yep. four, four, four heads? Well, if you want to count Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Whatever. That's the one that's like, really? Teddy Roosevelt? Um, okay. So for the X-Men. Okay. For the X-Men for, characters, okay. yeah. it's got to be Professor Xavier, yeah. Cyclops, um, Wolverine, and probably Jean Grey, but I would want Kitty. So mm. this isn't Ron. Well, I guess it is Ron's. It um, is. So screw you. And creators. Create no, 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 no villains. I don't, I don't, he was on the team. Yeah, I know, but he's always a, that, that helmet is villainous. It's got to be Jean Grey. It's got to be Jean Grey. Yeah, but I love the Kitty. Uh, oh, Phantom X. Fuck you. Um, uh, no Maggot. Uh, so creators, it's got to be. I mean, it's tough because they're Claremont. Well, well, yeah, of course Claremont, and of course Byrne. Jim um, Lee. Jim Lee. And then, um, you know, it's tough because Stan and Jack created them, but they I don't really know. Uh, Neil yeah, Adams. The stories weren't, 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 weren't Neil really Adams. Important. Neil Adams. Neil Adams more than. Um, who? Who did it before? Paul Smith. Dave Cockrum? Len we- Cockrum. Cockrum, yeah, it's got to be Cockrum, yeah, instead of, instead of uh, Neil Adams. Yeah, Cockrum. Right, so we got Claremont, Lee, Cockrum, and Byrne. Yep. Yep. I got three of those in my initial list. Okay. Because um, I'm awesome. Okay. Um, Batman. Creators, because I already did, I prepared. Um, uh, obviously, Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Of course. Because they created the character. Bill Finger doesn't mm-hmm. get credit, but he actually created Bill Finger. Bill Finger should have a bigger head than Bob Kane. Bill Finger, well, no one's, nobody's head is bigger than Bob Kane. <laughs> except for Neil Adams. Um, Bill Finger created all the elements that you recognize as Batman now. He yep. just doesn't get any credit for it. Um, Bob yep. Kane, Bob Kane did a lot, but Bill Finger really a fine Bob character. Bob Kane said a man and a bat. Bob Kane, Bill Finger, Frank Miller, and I had Neil Adams, but Denny O'Neill. Yeah, I mean, I had I had Neil Adams, I had Jim Aparo, I had. Uh, it's tough. Let's put Denny O'Neill in there. All right. Make four writers. All right, characters. Bob Andrew. Well, I mean, this is weird. Batman. Uh, no, he would never be so obvious as to put himself. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's, it's not like this. Ba- you know, Batman, like Ro- Batman, Robin, Alfred. Batman, Batman and Alfred, the three different Richard Robins. Robins. <laughs> yeah. well, we don't acknowledge G- uh, Jason. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's going to be Batman, Alfred, Dick Grayson, and Commissioner Gordon. I mean, that's that's a good group. Yeah. That's a good group. And Josh, Josh Vertigo. Uh, Josh is offended that you've shoehorned him in as you know being a Vertigo fan only. Uh, <laughs> I don't know Harvey P. Car four times. <laughs> <laughs> Both as character and creator. (laughs) And covered. God rest his soul. (laughs) You want to do a a Flash one, Tom? Yeah. Is that too obvious? Is that too obvious? No, well. It's just four canagers. X Men, Ron. I know, it's true. (laughs) Uh, So for characters, uh, Jay Garrick, Barry, Wally, (laughs) and uh, Dexter Miles. (laughs) As creators, you know, Kaniger, Broom. Um, Infantino and Carrie Bates. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you don't put you don't put Wade or Johns on there. Interesting. Uh, Tom Tom doesn't exist past 1985, Connor. No, I, <laughs> I mean they've done a lot. I mean they they've also done a lot. If hey, as soon as they put a fifth president up there, did you did you notice that <laughs> okay. none of none of our picks yeah. were were modern creators? Well, because we're talking about historical characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that yeah. makes sense. And, you know, you got to put the creators of the characters on there. Yeah, I couldn't put Scott Lobdell up. I couldn't put Scott Lobdell up. In your case, you didn't put Standard Jack, but that's because they got away from that. They ran from that as quickly as they could. They weren't really revitalized until it was it was Neil Adams, Roy Thomas that 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 breathed life into it. Then it was Cockrum that that did it. Stan Lee couldn't be bothered to come up with a decent origin for them. Oh God! All right, so so our next voicemail has got a question that we've answered before, but not in a while. Hey, fanboys, this is Anthony from New York. Uh, I get my comics through DCBS monthly, and part of the fun is putting them in order, uh, the order in which I'm going to read them. And I was wondering, when you read your books, do you put yours, uh, the ones you're most excited for to read first, or do you save the best for last? Uh, thanks, guys. Love the show. Bye. So we've addressed this numerous times over the years. It's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while. Years. But, so, but, we got, but Tom hasn't, so I'm curious how Tom reads his books. 
I uh, have a complicated algorithm uh, <laughs> by which I uh, input the number, the issue number, um, my own personal caters index of how much I enjoy the book, and uh, it spits out an order. I just, I don't know, I take kind of Fibonacci of, sequence. Yeah, you know, I read all my DC books first, and then I read all my Marvel books, and then I read my independent books. Interesting. That's the opposite of what I do. But I do, I do read all the shared universe books together just to keep Oh, this. I don't do that at all. Yeah. What I do, what I, I mean, we talked about this before. You're I the odd man out here, Ron. I order them. I order them. I, I, I don't see color. I don't see publishers. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I order them. I order them in the order of my excitement for them, and um, with the most excited first, going down to the least excited. So I, I'm fresh. I've got energy. I'm going to read the book I'm most excited for first, and then by the end of the night, I want to kill myself. And sometimes I don't finish the stack. So yeah. I um I read the indies first, all the stuff that's not in a shared world. So that's like all the image books, um, Vertigo stuff that's not, or, or you know, like even Jonah Hex, the stuff that's not connected to the other worlds. Interesting. And then I read um, Marvel, and the, within Marvel, the order of, of from least excited to most excited, and then DC, least excited to most excited. But lately, if I've got a big stack and I thought my week they did the pick of the week, I'll just usually read them in a random order of whatever I feel like reading because I'm not in a hurry. I'm glad we answered this because I didn't know you separated by the shared universe and the publishers. I didn't know that. I thought you just read, yeah. I thought you just read in, in least excited to most No, excited. I read the worlds together. Yeah. yeah. You see, I don't understand how you can read the most excited last because I'm so tired. Because I get built up to where yeah. I, I sort of get the dregs out of the way. Yeah. And then I build up to what I want to read. But like lately – you know, if there's something big that comes out and everyone's talking about it, or it's one of the picks of the week, you know, from one of you guys, and I haven't read my books yet, I usually read that first or something, yeah. just because I can't do it in an excitement level because I'm equally excited for all the books that I get. <laughs> I love there are no cool. drags. There are no drags yeah. with me. Oh God! All right, so we got one more voicemail that I kind of wish we weren't answering. Hello, Ron Connor and Josh. This is Josh from Paul Hackett, Alabama. I was planning on coming to New York for the comic convention. But I wanted to know if you guys could keep us updated on the bed bug situation there in New York because I heard it's really bad. They're closing down hotels and department stores. And I want to make sure that uh, we're safe when we come up there for the convention. Thank you. Bye. It's bad. The situation's <laughs> bad. They're everywhere and they're huge. Um, uh, it's, uh, as far as I know, um, the bed bug situation uh, on the East Coast in general. We've just been told not to sleep, um, and uh, sleep standing up. Sleep standing up, away from beds to burn your beds. I, I mean, I don't know. Every place has bed bugs now. I mean, bed it's bugs. A, it's, a, it's a it's a widespread problem that's happening oh. everywhere. I uh, first of all, I looked at Pawtucket. I couldn't find it. I don't think it exists. <laughs> Paul Hackett. It's Paul Hackett. Pawhacket. exists. Pawhacket. I went to the Alabama website and where it lists really? all the towns in Alabama. It wasn't on there, so I think he's a liar. Do you think this is someone who's trying to convince people not to? There is a Pawtucket, Alabama, because CJ, who's 22 and a female on MySpace, lives there. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. Interesting. I don't want to ask any more questions I about that. I searched for Pawhacket um, on Google sure, and sure, CJ's. Sure. Um, it's not bad. I mean, you see it in the news because it's, it's – it's, they can, they can put bed bug crisis on the news and, and talk about it. Like a couple of stores got shut down, but that's just because they had an outbreak. I haven't heard anyone. No one in my actual real life has ever talked about bed bugs. And the thing is, is that I feel like that's all. I mean, like it, it, it's. I mean, it, don't live in fear. Just if you if you get bit by a bed bug, big deal. Whatever. It'll it'll, it'll go down. You can grow. You, when you grow old, you can tell your kids they got bit by a bed bug in New York City. Don't let that. Don't let that City keep bug. you from going to New York Comic Con. <laughs> also, if you're booking your hotel, here's a tip. Don't stay at the sketchy place on 12th Avenue. You know it's what I mean? Close to, it's close to the convention center. <laughs> True, yeah, but like don't you get really good rates on certain things. Don't stay at the Y. You know, the, the, Listen, the Sheridan. Homeless the, the, people <laughs> get along just fine. <laughs> it's true, exactly. Sleep on the streets for a weekend, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> They're teeming with bed bugs. They don't seem to mind. Oh, yeah. So if you have any, well, okay. The one thing though that we can address is that we're not going to keep you updated on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, that's in the Tom versus the Flash. I'll keep you updated. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're not here. Yeah. So Tom will take care of it. So we'll have a big map. <laughs> <laughs> bed bugs in Detroit. Superman will save them. Um, so, so if you have anything else you want us to keep you updated on, you can call and request it on the voicemail line at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Ron mentioned earlier in the show that this is a giveaway, our fanboy giveaway time, August, September, October, all giveaway months. We've got tons of stuff to give away to our fanboy members. You've got to be a member to be eligible 
our giveaways if you go to ifanboy.com right at the top there's a red post showing this month's giveaways and you can see them in their glory glorious picture form yes lovely photography this week is a scott pilgrim giveaway in conjunction with scott pilgrim versus the world yeah. we've got some prizes to give out uh including t-shirts and hats and mobile phone skins very exciting we've got two winners the first winner who has won despite our no irish policy is timothy o'brien timothy o'brien has won and betsy lang has won each have won the, the scott pilgrim prize packs very cool so congratulations yay scott pilgrim so it's you'll out. be hearing from from one of us soon about how, about your win. Yes. And uh, hopefully you saw the movie, and if you if you did, enjoyed it, hopefully. It Wear your shirt fun. with pride. Go see it again. Um, yeah. And we saw Scott Pilgrim, and if you go back in the feed or go to ifanboy.com, you can hear our review of the movie. Uh, Josh Connor and I got together to talk about Scott Pilgrim, the movie, and what we thought of it. Um, so you definitely want to listen to that. And go to ifanboy.com and tell everyone what you thought of Scott Pilgrim. This is the comic movie event of the summer. So let's make sure we all check in and say why we hated it. Or before like, it goes or, away. Before it goes away, exactly. <laughs> um, in addition to that, don't stop there. Go to subscribe to iFanboy Don't Miss, which is our podcast every Monday where we talk to a creator about a book that's coming out that week that you absolutely don't want to miss. Last week we spoke – it was Nick Spencer week at iFanboy. We spoke to Nick about Morning Glories number one. So read Connor's Pick of the Week review, then go listen to the Don't Miss, vice versa, well, whatever. I, when I posted the Pick of the Week, I saw people say, hey, I didn't even know this book was coming out. Well, yeah. if you had listened to Don't Miss, you would have known the book was coming out. And you out. wouldn't have missed it. Um, you missed it. There you go. Uh, next week, uh, uh, Tom's friend, Chris Neesman, is coming back. Your better half, Tom. Um, mm. Friend is a strong word. <laughs> uh, he's talking to Mike Nelson, uh, who wrote the 28 Days Later tra- uh, trade paperback, which is coming out from Boom next week. Um, so that's a, a very interesting book. Uh, if you like the whole 28 Days Later franchise, you're going to want to check that out. So listen to iFanboy. Don't miss. Go subscribe in iTunes. This is episode 247, which means episode 250 is merely weeks away, and episode Jesus 250 Christ. is going to be an all-email show. Jesus. We did this for episode 150. If you want to go back and listen to that for inspiration, and we're it, asking for, for your emails. And it was Send, it was drunken, wasn't it? It was. We're going to do that again. I've got the whiskey all ready to go. Excellent. Um, episode 250 is going to be an all-email show. We're going to talk about the pick of the week and then go right into a all-email show for as long as it goes. I think last time it was two hours long, the episode 150. Um, so send in your questions. Put 250 in the subject line. If it's, if it's not in the subject line, it won't be used for the show. It'll be used for a regular The number show. is 250. Yeah, and yeah. keep sending in emails not for 250 because we'd have to do shows before that. Yeah. Um, so send them in. If you want inspiration, go back to listen to 150. Not only is it good for inspiration, it's actually a very funny show. I listen to it. And it's also the, these emails can be anything goes. They can be comics. They can be us. They can be relationships, whatever you want. This is our, I mean, it's going to be a long show. We're going to have fun. We will answer anything. We'll answer yes. everything that comes in. We answered for two hours and we were drunk and, and in some cases, like Ron's belligerent by the end. <laughs> <laughs> so very angry. Yeah, very angry. Anyway, you so. you, you, you called them fuckers by the end of <laughs> you fuckers. Um, it was a very fun show. But if you haven't listened to the show, go back and listen. But if you need inspiration, do that as well. Episode two fifty, all email show. So get ready. Hold on to your butts. Excellent. So you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com and go to ifanboy.com where you can read Connor's pick of the week review about Morning Glories number one. You can read the book of the month review. You can read all the great posts every Friday. Mister Tom Caters writes a wonderful column and reminds me why I'm a bad writer. Um, so oh. you can go read that. It, that's always my first line. Ron, <laughs> bad writer. Ron, bad writer. Uh, but we've got so many great writers on the site writing, so you definitely want to go check it out on, uh, on ifanboy.com. We've also got a video show that comes out every Wednesday. Uh, we've been uh, in the midst of our San Diego Comic-Con coverage. Last week was part two. This week coming up is part three. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm biased, but I think this is our best year yet of San Diego um, videos. I hope you agree. Um, so part go, two was very funny. Check it two, out. Part two is very funny. It starts Mike it, Romo and, and Gordon the intern. Oh, it all starts with that uh, the open with the creepy Hitler in the beginning. Hello. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, um, so go to ifanboy.com, watch the video. It's fantastic. There was the mistake in the script. I, I almost know. made it. It's okay. Thing. I skipped it. That's like right. I uh, collapsed at the end of a marathon. There are two you mistakes. can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. As I said before, call us our voicemail line eight 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 fanboys three two six two six nine seven. Any questions, comments, concerns, marriage proposals, criticisms. Um, what, what you shouldn't call in with is complicated questions not meant for the show because we don't check the voicemail every day. Yes. So if you want to get us about your membership or something like that, email us. Do not call the voicemail line. Uh, just a tip. And if you like the show, write a review on iTunes for our show, for Tom versus The Flash, for yeah. the any podcast you listen to. It really helps to write a review on iTunes. That's how people find the show. It really When people are searching on an iTunes for a podcast, the more reviews, the better. So please leave us a review. It takes only a few moments for this show, for the video show, for all of our shows. Thank you very much. And Tom, thank you. Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of Tom versus The Flash, if yeah. you're not listening to that, you're missing out on the best podcast on iTunes. 
Yeah, exactly. So, you need to write iTunes reviews for it so when people look it up and they're like, this is the stupidest idea I've ever seen, they can be convinced that it is, in fact, not stupid. So you, awesome. you are coming close to the end of the run of The Flash, I'm right? very close. Say, uh, say it ain't so. I never want it to end, Tom. And, uh, all good things come to an end, Ron. Oh, I'm sorry. God. There'll be new stuff. More, you know, Aquaman. And I've heard rumors of Aquaman. Stuff. I've heard There's going to be more stuff. Oh, excellent. All right, cool. I just did a reprint issue today where it was a Flash reprint, so I did Weird War Tales. So it was G.I. Robot, nice. Jasper Pepperdine, uh, the Defender of Time and Space, and Creature Commandos. Nice. So, you know. Cool. So. Exciting stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So so listen to Tom vs. The Flash every Friday. Go to ifanboy.com, read Tom's, and Tom, you're on Twitter, right? Tom, uh, Tom Caters. Okay, cool. So you don't, you definitely want to subscribe to Caters World because he's it's 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 a laugh a minute. Caters World. The 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 uh, uh it's a uh, now I can't think of the, the newsletter because I'm trying to think of my old timey <laughs> old time the old it's paper uh you print it it's a pamphlet Caters yeah. Week yeah for sure yeah one side so excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. As well, thank fill, you for having me. Filling in Let for Josh. Josh out of the basement, please. Yes, exactly. Oh, oh Josh, will, uh, don't worry. Josh will be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next week, I am Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Tom in place of Josh, who's a fan. He doesn't just read Vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> From Target, the summertime. Gonna strut my stuff. I'm gonna strut, strut. Going backwards in time. With my questionable eyes. And I'm drinking my grape.